Chapter Thirty Nine of A House of Gentlefolk by Ivan Turgenev, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty Nine. Maria Dmitrievna was much agitated when she received the announcement of the arrival of Varvara Pavlovna Lavretsky. She did not even know whether to receive her. She was afraid of giving offence to Fedor Ivanitch. At last, curiosity prevailed. Why, she reflected, she too is a relation. And, taking up her position in an armchair, she said to the footman, Show her in. A few moments passed, the door opened, Varvara Pavlovna swiftly and with scarcely audible steps approached Maria Dmitrievna, and not allowing her to rise from her chair, bent almost on her knees before her. I thank you, dear aunt she began in a soft voice full of emotion speaking russian i thank you i did not hope for such condescension on your part you are an angel of goodness as she uttered these words varvara pavlovna quite unexpectedly took possession of one of maria dmitrievna's hands and pressing it lightly in her pale lavender gloves she raised it in a fawning way to her full rosy lips Maria Dmitrievna quite lost her head, seeing such a handsome and charmingly dressed woman almost at her feet. She did not know where she was, and she tried to withdraw her hand, while at the same time she was inclined to make her sit down and to say something affectionate to her. She ended by raising Varvara Pavlovna and kissing her on her smooth, perfumed brow. Varvara Pavlovna was completely overcome by this kiss. How do you do? Bonjour, said Maria Dmitrievna. Of course I did not expect, but of course I am glad to see you. You understand, my dear, it's not for me to judge between man and wife. My husband is in the right in everything, Varvara Pavlovna interposed. I alone am to blame that is a very praiseworthy feeling rejoined marya dmitrievna very have you been here long have you seen him but sit down please i arrived yesterday answered varvara pavlovna sitting down meekly i have seen fedor ivanitch i have to talk with him ah well and how was he i was afraid my sudden arrival would provoke his anger continued varvara pavlovna but he did not refuse to see me that is to say he did not uh, yes yes i understand commented marya dmitrievna he is only a little rough on the surface but his heart is soft fedor ivanitch has not forgiven me he would not hear me but he was so good as to assign me Lavriki as a place of residence. Ah, a splendid estate! I am setting off there to-morrow in fulfilment of his wish, but I esteemed it a duty to visit you first. I am very, very much obliged to you, my dear. Relations ought never to forget one another, and do you know I am surprised how well you speak Russian? Varvara Pavlovna sighed. I have been too long abroad, Maria Dmitrievna, I know that. But my heart has always been Russian, 
and i have not forgotten my country ah ah that is good fedor ivanitch did not however expect you at all yes you may trust my experience la patrie avant tout ah show me if you please what a charming mantle you have do you like it varvara pavlovna slipped it quickly off her shoulders it is a very simple little thing from madame baudran one can see it at once from madame baudran how sweet and what taste i am sure you have brought a number of fascinating things with you if i could only see them all my things are at your service dearest auntie if you permit i can show some patterns to your maid i have a woman with me from paris a wonderfully clever dressmaker you are very good my dear but really i am ashamed ashamed repeated varvara pavlovna reproachfully if you want to make me happy dispose of me as if i were your property maria dmitrievna was completely melted vous êtes charmant she said but why don't you take off your hat and gloves what you will allow me asked varvara pavlovna and slightly as though with emotion clasped her hands of course you will dine with us i hope i-i will introduce you to my daughter maria dmitrievna was a little confused well we are in for it here goes she thought she is not very well to-day oh ma tante how good you are cried varvara pavlovna and she raised her handkerchief to her eyes a page announced the arrival of gideonovsky the old gossip came in bowing and smiling maria dmitrievna presented him to her visitor he was thrown into confusion for the first moment but varvara pavlovna behaved with such coquettish respectfulness to him that his ears began to tingle and gossip slander and civility dropped like honey from his lips varvara pavlovna listened to him with a restrained smile and began by degrees to talk herself she spoke modestly of paris of her travels of baden twice she made maria dmitrievna laugh and each time she sighed a little afterwards and seemed to be inwardly reproaching herself for misplaced levity she obtained permission to bring ardor taking off her gloves with her smooth hands redolent of soap a la guimauve she showed how and where flounces were worn and ruches and lace and rosettes she promised to bring a bottle of the new english scent victoria essence and was as happy as a child when maria dmitrievna consented to accept it as a gift she was moved to tears over the recollection of the emotion she experienced when for the first time she heard the russian bells they went so deeply to my heart she explained at that instance lisa came in ever since the morning from the very instant when chill with horror she had read lavretsky's note lisa had been preparing herself for the meeting with his wife she had a presentiment 
that she would see her she resolved not to avoid her as a punishment of her as she called them sinful hopes the sudden crisis in her destiny had shaken her to the foundations in some two hours her face seemed to have grown thin but she did not shed a single tear it's what i deserve she said to herself repressing with difficulty and dismay some bitter impulses of hatred which frightened her in her soul well i must go down she thought directly she heard of madame lavretsky's arrival and she went down she stood a long while at the drawing-room door before she could summon up courage to open it with the thought i have done her wrong she crossed the threshold and forced herself to look at her forced herself to smile varvara pavlovna went to meet her directly she caught sight of her and bowed to her slightly but still respectfully allow me to introduce myself she began in an insinuating voice your mamma is so indulgent to me that i hope that you too will be good to me the expression of varvara pavlovna when she uttered these last words cold and at the same time soft her hypocritical smile the action of her hands and her shoulders her very dress her whole being aroused such a feeling of repulsion in lisa that she could make no reply to her and only held out her hand with an effort this young lady disdains me thought varvara pavlovna warmly pressing lisa's cold fingers and turning to Maria Dmitrievna, she observed in an undertone, Mais elle est délicieuse. Lisa faintly flushed. She heard ridicule, insult in this exclamation. But she resolved not to trust her impressions and sat down by the window at her embroidery frame. Even here, Varvara Pavlovna did not leave her in peace. She began to admire her taste, her skill. Lisa's heart beat violently and painfully. She could scarcely control herself, she could scarcely sit in her place. It seemed to her that Varvara Pavlovna knew all and was mocking at her in secret triumph. To her relief, Gedeonovsky began to talk to Varvara Pavlovna and drew off her attention. Lisa bent over her frame and secretly watched her. That woman, she thought, was loved by him but she at once drove away the very thought of lavretsky she was afraid of losing her control over herself she felt that her head was going round maria dmitrievna began to talk of music i have heard my dear she began that you are a wonderful performer it is long since i have played replied varvara pavlovna seating herself without delay at the piano and running her fingers smartly over the keys do you wish it if you will be so kind varvara pavlovna played a brilliant and difficult etude by hertz very correctly she had great power and execution sylphide cried gdionovsky marvellous maria dmitrievna chimed in well varvara pavlovna i confess she observed for the first time calling her by her name you have astonished me you might give concerts 
we have a musician here an old german a queer fellow but a very clever musician he gives lisa lessons he will be simply crazy over you lisaveta mihailovna is also musical asked varvara pavlovna turning her head slightly towards her yes she plays fairly and is fond of music but what is that beside you but there is one young man here too with whom we must make you acquainted he is an artist in soul and composes very charmingly he alone will be able to appreciate you fully a young man said varvara pavlovna who is he some poor man oh dear no our chief ball and not only among us at our peterburg a kammer junker and received in the best society you must have heard of him panshin vladimir nikolaitch he is here on a government commission future minister i dare say and an artist an artist at heart and so well bred you shall see him he has been here very often of late i invited him for this evening i hope you will come added marya dmitrievna with a gentle sigh and an oblique smile of bitterness lisa knew the meaning of this smile but it was nothing to her now and young repeated varvara pavlovna lightly modulating from tone to tone twenty-eight and of the most prepossessing appearance un jeune homme accompli indeed an exemplary young man one may say observed gideonovsky varvara pavlovna began suddenly playing a noisy waltz of strauss opening with such a loud and rapid trill that gideonovsky was quite startled in the very middle of the waltz she suddenly passed into a pathetic motive and finished up with an air from lucia fra poco she reflected that lively music was not in keeping with her position the air from lucia with emphasis on the sentimental passages moved maria dmitrievna greatly what's all she observed in an undertone to gideonovsky a sylphide repeated gideonovsky raising his eyes towards heaven the dinner hour arrived marfa timofyevna came down from upstairs when the soup was already on the table she treated varvara pavlovna very dryly replied in half sentences to her civilities and did not look at her varvara pavlovna soon realized that there was nothing to be got out of this old lady and gave up trying to talk to her to make up for this maria dmitrievna became still more cordial to her guest her aunt's discourtesy irritated her marfa timofyevna however did not only avoid looking at varvara pavlovna she did not look at lisa either though her eyes seemed literally blazing she sat as though she were of stone yellow and pale her lips compressed and ate nothing lisa seemed calm and in reality her heart was more at rest a strange apathy the apathy of the condemned had come upon her at dinner varvara pavlovna spoke little she seemed to have grown timid again and her countenance was overspread with an expression of modest melancholy 
Gideonovsky alone enlivened the conversation with his tales, though he constantly looked timorously towards Marfa Timofevna and coughed. He was always overtaken by a fit of coughing when he was going to tell a lie in her presence. But she did not hinder him by any interruption. After dinner it seemed that Varvara Pavlovna was quite devoted to preference. At this Maria Dmitrievna was so delighted that she felt quite overcome and thought to herself, Really, what a fool Fyodor Ivanovich must be! not able to appreciate a woman like this she sat down to play cards together with her and gideonovsky and marfa timofevna led lisa away upstairs with her saying that she looked shocking and that she must certainly have a headache yes she has an awful headache observed maria dmitrievna turning to varvara pavlovna and rolling her eyes i myself have often just such sick headaches really rejoined varvara pavlovna lisa went into her aunt's room and sank powerless into a chair marfa timofevna gazed long at her in silence slowly she knelt down before her and began still in the same silence to kiss her hands alternately lisa bent forward crimsoning and began to weep but she did not make marfa timofevna get up she did not take away her hands she felt that she had not the right to take them away that she had not the right to hinder the old lady from expressing her penitence and her sympathy from begging forgiveness for what had passed the day before and marfa timofevna could not kiss enough those poor pale powerless hands and silent tears flowed from her eyes and from lisa's while the cat matros purred in the wide armchair among the knitting wool and the long flame of the little lamp faintly stirred and flickered before the holy picture in the next room behind the door stood nastasya karpovna and she too was furtively wiping her eyes with her check pocket handkerchief rolled up in a ball End of chapter thirty nine